genre. Welcome back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we reach for our daggers as we analyze and celebrate Spider-Man 2, one, let's see who's behind the mask, minute at a time. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Scott Corelli. Uh, from the dirty gutters of Gotham, I am <laughs> Niall McGowan from Bat Minute. And swinging across the rooftops of Gotham, it is I, <laughs> John Parker, also of Bat Minute. Welcome, guys. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, also, worth worth pointing out, just you know, for for uh, long time movies by minute uh, listeners uh, mm-hmm. and, and continuity buffs out there, uh, important to note uh, they're saying Bat Minute and not <laughs> Bat Minute eighty nine specifically. I don't and, know what uh, you're talking about, Scott. Uh, that's always that is, been Bat Minute. <laughs> that's very exciting. <laughs> we haven't rebranded at all. No. 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 <laughs> yeah, we can't even get away with it because at the beginning of every episode of the, the first season. <laughs> We say we clearly say we're Batman at eighty nine, and so it's like, yeah, that's we're just gonna have to eat that one. <laughs> but, well, we're yeah. glad to have you guys on for our most uh, Bruce Wayne of minutes uh, in this film. We have you guys on for minute one hundred four, which is the one that begins with Doc Ock uh, brandishing tentacle claws, and and it ends with Harry unmasking Spider Man and saying, "Peter, no." So yeah, we got the uh, we're in the penthouse with uh, with Harry Osborn and all of his. Um, Drinks and knives. Mm. Mm. I, th- I think uh, like the last time we were on, we had uh, the, the the inner sanctum, the sanctum sanctorum of the the, <laughs> the, the, the Osborne household. Because I was looking, at it, I was like, "Wait a minute! I've seen all these masks before. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> they look very familiar." Oh yes, yes, good stuff. Yeah. Um, we. <laughs> uh, you might also notice that the chair and the painting that he's moving out of the way is also very familiar to you mm-hmm. guys. Um, that so is. You get a quick shot of the, it. As he goes to open it up, but yeah, yeah, that uh, is the that is the chair that held the the goblin helmet. Uh, oh, oh, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't catch that. Yeah, oh, I didn't notice. Had their little because yeah, that is board. that is uh, that is actually Harry's mother sitting in that chair. Yeah, um, but I was going to ask if that's um, Emma, Emily Osborne. I, I guess, but mm-hmm. like, have mm-hmm. you, I'm sure you guys must have covered it. Did they get like an actress in to pose for the painting, or is it like a stock? Because I know like. Yeah, like the the one always springs to mind for me is that in uh, like the the pilot episode of Boardwalk Empire, mm-hmm. you have a bit of Steve Buscemi looking at an old photograph of his dead wife, and it's uh-huh. Molly Parker from like Deadwood and yeah. like that Lost in Space <laughs> review. And it's kind of like, oh, that's Molly Parker's a big actress. You'd recognize her. She must be in flashbacks at some point. And, and no, just, no. She, no, we just need one. <laughs> she yeah. was just walking so, past the set that day, maybe, and they're like, come here, quick. <laughs> yeah, it's on her IMDb and everything. She's like, down, it's one episode. And she's like, but she, she was just posed for a photo. But I just wonder, like, <laughs> would they just, like, I'll just get some, like, a stock model in to, right. she'll yeah. be, or did they spring for, like, a an actress to be 
Emily yeah, Osborne because they'll be like, well, you never know him. Part three, I, me, might I want imagine. Yeah. I imagine it's just a stock model because I think this is the same painting from the first film. And um, there is no, there's no uh, Emily Osborne in the credits or anything like that for the film. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, no. so. I think they they thought if we're gonna do flashbacks, they're only gonna go back to the Norman, and not <laughs> Harry as a kid. <laughs> but in the, the Norman era, bloody hell, that sounds that's a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least they didn't like Billy D. Williams or and just be like, oh no, you're in this painting, but trust us, you're a big part in like the third. Oh movie. boy, yeah. <laughs> oh, we're, we're gonna have a lot to say about this when we get there. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> oh um, boy. I just want to say I always get a kick out of in a movie with the mansion when you have secret doors or you know things mm. behind paintings, safes behind paintings, or bookcases mm. that open up. It's my favorite yeah. thing. Like when I have yeah. delusions of wealth. I don't think about like the number of rooms in the house or like the size of it or like fancy cars. I only think about like building weird special. Do- I wouldn't even have like fancy locks on it. I just want to be able to like open a bookcase and hide. That's just. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there'll be I mean, nothing behind that, yeah. it, just a hole in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's that. There's that. Um... Uh, that very famous uh, story about uh, Ben Affleck, mm. um, how he he bought that uh, he bought that mansion and he had them build um, like secret like bat poles and oh stuff behind <laughs> bookcases and stuff. And that was like that was like 10 years well before he got to play. Batman. Yeah. Uh, he was Whoa. just such a big Batman fan, and then he later sold that house to Kevin Smith, and that's the house that Kevin oh, Smith Oh, no lives way! In. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. I am jealous. Mm-hmm. We should be doing the podcast from this house. <laughs> <laughs> <Got that>. No <laughs> offense to it. Kevin Smith, though, like, but I, I can't imagine him using those poles. <laughs> it doesn't seem like he No, be. I don't. Oh, he might now. Yeah, maybe been, now. Yeah, he's been dropping, uh, dropping a lot of weight recently. Yeah. With all he's, his, yeah, he's, yeah. Quite, uh, he's quite svelte. Almost unhealthy looking, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. <laughs> looks gaunt, yeah. Because he, yeah, yeah. Because he hasn't, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't caught up with how much weight he's exactly. losing so quickly. Yeah, so um, you're always yeah. a little so alarmed. it doesn't look natural. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. He seems to be doing a lot actually, better yeah, recently uh, with all of his work on like The Flash and whatnot. Um, I, yeah. yeah. He's oh, yeah. in a good space. Yeah. With his Batman, mm-hmm. Batman house, I guess. <laughs> yeah, his Batman house. I I love just the 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 body language because like it's obvious to me that Sam was I don't know it, it almost seems like Sam thought of a different way to approach this scene mm. later in the coverage of the scene. Uh, and didn't bother going back to get matching action on it because when Harry goes over to the painting and and opens the safe, his body language is very erratic and hurried. Yes. And then he opens the 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 safe and it it's suddenly very dramatic, calm, and slow, and yeah. just and calm. It just doesn't match at all. <laughs> he even he opens he goes to open it with like two hands at once, and then in the in the shot, it's just with his left hand. And when we see his yeah. face on coverage where he's like, Oh, what a screw like up. A little... I hope all of them got fired for that. For that blunder. <laughs> yes. It's like, that's why I've not oh, seen yeah. Sam Raimi recently. He's just like, no, he's just hide, <laughs> hanging his head in shame. People like, is it over Spider-Man three? He's like, no, is that one, is that one continuity shot? In Spider-Man, Spider-Man two. two. Yeah. It's ruined everything. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get over it. <laughs> we only, we barely have any time to register the uh, scary size of the tritium crystal i guess it's a crystal whatever before we have this goof bit i what is i love it it just it comes out of nowhere when you just 
get smacked well, there's a in the lot side. of funny things yeah. there's a lot of funny things in this movie that i because like let me just say i remember last time i came on i said oh i haven't seen this movie since uh since it came mm. out same with this one yeah and i remember mm. even less of this one so i rewatched it it's, Every it's funny. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> this whole movie is hilarious. It's full of and goofs. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> yeah, even in like really dramatic scenes, it's like we're going to put in a gag and it won't be inappropriate. It's going to work, and it does. Yeah. They nail it every mm-hmm. time. Yeah, the, the kinda, control he has of tone is crazy in this movie, Sam. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I really, I do appreciate. Like, I appreciate this. The it's a little character thing too of uh, of Doc Ock there to like. You know, the Harry's you know gazing at the at the crystal, and then like he just brushes him out of the way, like really like, get out of my way. Like it's a real, <laughs> it's like just being needlessly being a bit of a dick to him, just be like just get out of my, you know. And it's I, I do like that it speaks to his character in that Doctor Octopus doesn't seem to really care about Harry Osborn. He doesn't seem to even he defeated Spider Man, but mm-hmm. he's just sort of like yeah, you have him. I don't care. I'm o- yeah. I'm only focused on this. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's he just, all a means to an end. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and, it's, and I really love this shot of him too because it's the, the, my big takeaway when I saw it in the you know when it, when this came out was that my main memory of Doctor Octopus was again like most of my memories of Spider Man was from like the nineties cartoon yeah and I remember Doc Ock being like the dorkiest looking guy with the bowl haircuts <laughs> mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff but he they kind of like they stay true to him but he looks way cooler in this. Because he's got like yeah. kind of messed up hair, and then just the lighting here makes him look genuinely a bit intense and fearsome. Mm-hmm. And you see how like dangerous yeah. he is. Yeah. So, I mean, we've we've sort of danced around it here and there, and we've we've made allusions to it a few times. But like, really, what this is is it, it's it's as if you took the villain of Dark Man and made him Dark Man. And that's uh, what mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what Doc Ock is in this. I mean, he's even sort of dressed like like Dark, Dark Man, Man yeah. you know. Yeah, and he has the same lair and everything type of setup. Uh, you know, <laughs> screaming yeah. no in the alleyway I, and whatnot. Right, I, right. I love it. How do you like? Because when you first see him in the movie. Mm-hmm. He comes across like I, I was worried. I was thinking, oh, this guy's going to be the villain. Oh, no, because he's, you know, he's just kind of out of shape. He's not very cool. But Niall's right. right. Like at this point, I mean, you just accept him. He's the villain. Yeah. He is cool. Look at him. He's badass. Yeah. And yeah. those the, the, the arms like the, the octopus arms and that they could be stupid. Mm-hmm. They could easily be stupid, but they, they get the right level of kind of camp with it. The way he's walking around on them all the oh, time yeah. and floating in the air. <laughs> it's think, fantastic. Oh, yeah. Like those, the, the, the tentacles, like I'm surprised at how incredibly well that they've aged yes. because yeah. mm. I've, I've never found myself and me watching it like, Oh, that's just like Alfred Molina, like on a string, like <laughs> bumping around the place. It just, you just accept in your head. It's like, yeah, that's him walking on his tentacles. Cause he has tentacles. And then yeah, like, yeah. It, it, at no point is it ever like, Oh, special effects. It's just like, Oh, it's seamless. Yeah. It's really, really yeah. insanely well done. So kudos. It's, to it's that. a really, it's a phenomenal mixture of, of CG and like CG that is leaning into the strengths of CG at the time, mm-hmm. which is, mm-hmm. you know, shiny metal stuff. Um, <laughs> And, you know, which they, they kind of nailed nailed in, like, the abyss. I mean, it's, <laughs> they, they've kind of had shiny metal things nailed down in, in CG for, like, 10 years at this point. And uh, it's a combination of that and then, and then combining that with the practical puppet effects. Oof. And it just, it, it just completely sells it. I mean, right here, like, you see the, the, the arm push him out of the way. Well, that's the puppet arm. And then they just 
get the puppet arm out of the way and then just have him walk up yes. to it. Mm. Um, mm. And it's just this perfect combination of of elements that, that oh man, it just works so well. Yeah, and I'm kind of amazed that the transformation of the character all the way to this point of the film uh, where – you know, all from being the genial sort of, you know, uh, professory type early on, that it's never felt like there was a break anywhere. It's been a slow progression to the point where he is full on supervillain mode right now, and we buy it. I'm, I'm just impressed with him as an actor to keep that consistent, and with the, yeah. the, the, you know, the writing and the and the tone and everything uh, adapting around that to the point where we can have at this point Doc Ock being a monster in the shadows, throwing people out of the way, and you know, grabbing his thing for his big fancy scientific you know thing that's going to destroy the city and i still buy it i still understand who he is as a person Mm -hmm. at this point so yeah yeah it's good it's amazing (laughs) thank you for making me watch this of course (laughs) i was really blown away i'm sure you like you guys have probably had like most people i imagine would say the same thing though that's like, I had no idea who Alfred Molina was before this movie. Like, mm-hmm. you think it's, it's not as if he was working less, because if you look at his you know, track list, it's like he's constantly in work. Oh, yeah. And it has been the yeah. whole time. It's just like, yeah, you just randomly got this break of like, oh, you're playing the main villain in this, like, in an iconic huge villain at that. Movie. In, this, yeah. in a huge yeah. movie. And then he's kind of gone back to being like, yeah, people know who he is now, but he's still back to like, oh yeah, you're playing like Carrie Mulligan's dad in this one thing. And yes. oh, by the way, now you're yeah. like some like Arab villain and just like the Prince of Persia for you know whatever reason and stuff. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, if if you took Doc Ock out of his resume, he probably would still have the same trajectory because that's the kind of work he was yeah. getting in the first place he just happens to have this oh by the way i've got this you know this gem here as well but mm-hmm. maybe that's more of his type of thing maybe that's his vibe i think this, so. this was his one little experiment yeah. yeah yeah i mean his vibe is is broadway yeah generally yeah mm. um that's where he does most of his work uh i think is on broadway um before this i mean he's really he was really only mostly known for like two things which is his role his very memorable role in boogie nights uh-huh. oh yeah uh, and Raiders. And, uh, and obviously Raiders, yeah. Yes. The, the, that opening yeah. sequence of Raiders. I'm sure, like, you, uh, I'll have to mention it in front of John. I'm sure you guys have probably brought it up, but like, apparently he was in consideration to play Rimmer in Red Dwarf as well. What? Which oh. was just like, and I knew John would be like, what? But oh, I was like, what, wow. what world would we be in what if Alfred Molina hell? was Rimmer? So it's... <laughs> I bet he could like, do it though. He can do pretty much anything. Uh, yeah, no, I, I can't. I don't know if I could buy. He's just so confident. I don't know that I could buy <laughs> faux confidence from him. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, like you know, just I Rimmer is just such a specific character. I just don't know if I could. Oh Absolutely. man, I no don't know. No one can top Chris Barry. He's he's the yeah. best. Again, I, though, I, he, I love him so much. Actually, I wrote to him. Oh wow! And asked him to send uh, my girlfriend Lol a, um, but I said, "Can you send her a Christmas card or a New Year's <laughs> greeting? Because this might reach you late." Yeah. And he did. No oh. way! <laughs> that's amazing. God, yeah, that's I was great. very impressed. That's the thing. Now you need to send one to send. Do the same thing with Alfred Molina, and then we'll see <laughs> who truly is the better man. <laughs> Dear Alfred. Uh, now apparently they're in hot competition. They have, yeah, to, they yeah. have to evaluate these two men in their entirety just to see which one's better. <laughs> oh man! As always, I would love to bust out the patented Spider-Man Minute uh, extra-dimensional TV viewer that allows us yep. to look into the other version of the universe where. Uh, <laughs> I w- <laughs> 
yeah where alfred molina was the was in red dwarf that'd be great but but yeah where alfred molina was in red dwarf and where uh where the actor who played rimmer is dr Octopus. <laughs> oh yes now that i can that i can accept <laughs> I'd watch it. That he would definitely be the more uh, e- egomaniacal uh, Doctor Octopus from the comics yeah. if he was playing Doc Ock. Oh, like for I, sure, I can't picture that at all. Like that's the thing, though. Chris Barry doesn't get Rimmer. Where does Chris Barry go? I don't know if he would get. Yeah. like yeah. if he would ever get a break because it's kind of like he was so good in that one part, and that was the thing he was known for for so many years. So it's I think it's I still like it's, it's like that the British Empire, which is awful. And yeah, that yeah, that yeah. time he played the butler in Tomb Raider, so it's like, yeah, I don't know, you just probably oh, wouldn't have him at all. Who knows? He was first famous over here for voicing puppets in Spitting Image, what the satirical political puppet show. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, you wouldn't really know who it is yeah. doing the voices. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. so, of course, so, uh, uh, Alfred Molina went on most recently to some fans of Gravity Falls, and oh, Alfred Molina now is the voice of Multi Bear. Which oh, is just yeah. a really w- oh. a weird thing that he's done. It's like, yeah, I'm just one one or two episodes of this kid show. Here I am. <laughs> oh, but, but it's but it's a hell of a kid show. Yeah, um. yeah. I just started <laughs> Gravity Falls recently, and I'm really digging it. It's oh, right up my god. It is tremendous. Yeah. I was. I was hooked on the first episode. Uh, just you know, a little gnome <laughs> vomiting rainbows. Like, come on, um, what more do you need to know about that show? Yeah. But the thing um, when you get to the multi-bear episode, then now you'll know. It'll be like, oh yeah, now that's, we'll know. Yeah, that's that's so uh, <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about the tritium in the room uh, because <laughs> it is it is. I mean, what 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 is that about? Like, it's a little bigger than a softball. I would say, yeah, size? like a grapefruit-sized yeah. chunk. Uh, last time it was what, like a like a pinky fingernail-sized bit. Yeah, it was like a pea. Yeah. yeah, it was like a pea-sized amount. Uh, and now we're we're you know grapefruit, big big grapefruit size. <laughs> yeah, uh, amount of tritium. Uh, my God. Um, yeah. Like Harry, why 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 did you? <laughs> Why last, not? He didn't. He it's didn't say how much he wanted. He just said he wanted it. Why would you get him this much? This yeah. is like this is this is like the definition of over tipping. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so their last like exchange, I believe, was uh, find Spider Man. I'll give you all the tritium you need. But they never specified an amount. So he just. He went too far. Way, <laughs> way too far. Way too far. <laughs> I think he literally got all of the tritium on the planet. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, something like if Dr. Octopus is like, holy crap, I don't need this much. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> he shaves the piece yeah. off. I could do like 20 experiments <laughs> with this thing. And, like, yeah, I feel and, bad and speaking this much. of red, speaking of red dwarf, the tritium for some reason is shaped like Crichton. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, actually, yes. in, in going into like iconic british tv shows it really reminded me of a thing we have over here called the crystal maze which was an old oh my god it's yes. an old thing from like the the early 90s it was hosted by richard o'brien where like teams had to compete for these crystals it looked exactly like that only a little bit smaller oh. and it's uh, recently been revived with uh, richard iowati uh, hosting oh, it a sort of bizarre okay. twist um he is uh you know i (laughs) i uh i will i will uh cop to the fact and like i don't know if this is just like if if these things are just like frowned upon in like england or whatever maybe (laughs) maybe it's a similar thing that um 
happened with uh, when I found out that uh, no one in England likes uh, uh, what's his name, the Late Late Show guy. Um, oh, James oh. Corden. Yeah, James Corden. <laughs> yeah, everybody hates James Corden in England apparently. And I was like, God, I love the other guys, like the the, the, the wrong mans or whatever. I loved that show. It was so good. He's great in it. And everyone's like, he's the worst. And I was like, oh, okay. All right, I'm sorry. Oh, um, he's, and, he's awful. <laughs> <laughs> and uh but but uh i i love gadget man and uh travel man i watch it ridiculously oh, like just but, all the time i watch it and yeah. it's Hi, Wadi. and i don't know if if i if i'm just like an idiot for liking those shows but i really i don't know what they're what how they're uh looked upon in england uh but i i love those shows and i love richard iowati as a host so yeah don't worry richard iowati is uh he's pretty loved he's yeah. not okay. a, Good. a national institution or anything <laughs> but you know we us, us quirky alternative nerds, we like him. Good, <laughs> right. is, that's good. He does that's have like a, a bizarre career trajectory because he is like, oh yes, I co-invented and appeared in these comedy shows, and then mm-hmm. I went on to become like an art, like a really acclaimed art house film director, and now I'm hosting yep. yeah. like random like things you'd watch on a Sunday afternoon. Like I'm just a <laughs> yeah. host now. I was like, what what career path did this guy have lined out for himself? Or, he's, or is he just like, I'm doing it all. Like next thing, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be yep. like going to the moon. I said, yeah, I decided to become, I'm not going to be an astronaut. I'm just going to host going to the moon because that's just like a thing I do. <laughs> I, Go to the moon with of, Richard Iwadi. Uh, <laughs> I I hate I hate to say it, but uh, he's, I mean, he's, he's certainly more talented, um, but it's, he's kind of, England's Kevin Smith, isn't he? Uh, Because <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Kevin Kevin Smith kind of went on to just be like a host of things. <laughs> yeah, that's like, right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he used to be an acclaimed art house director. Indie and, director. Yeah. yeah. Works in television here and there. Yeah. Yeah. And he's it. kind of known, really, really known for like one role. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of interesting. Maybe that's like, I, I, I wanted to stop though. Because he, he was just like, okay, I've got two really acclaimed movies under my belt. Looking at the Kevin yeah. Smith trajectory, stop now and just don't don't <laughs> yeah, let it, don't true. let it go any further because otherwise you're gonna have to live Ooh. with every time you talk about anything. It's like, yeah, I directed Tusk. All right, yeah, I'll take it on the chin. <laughs> yeah. Find a fork. And yeah, but that movie keeps changing. It's like every time a new movie comes out, he's like, yeah, I'm the person who directed this. I'm right. sorry. Yeah, Yoga Hoser. <laughs> um, say yeah, too. Yeah, like, the, to be fair to Kevin Smith, like Tusk, when you actually see him become the Walrus Man, that scared the crap out of me when I saw that. That was really horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I was proper like David Cronenberg the fly kind of stuff. I was like, it's oh, oh. So very like, grotesque. Yeah. So. I did some uh, some junk mathematics over here. Um, so w- let's say we had like what a half a gram of tritium last time, something like that around there. Yeah. Okay. So uh, a grapefruit tends to weigh about two hundred and thirty so grams. So in essence, he has about five hundred times as much tritium as last time here. If it's Whoa. roughly grapefruit size now <laughs> versus Good last time. Lord. Uh, yeah, it seems like a bad idea because it, yeah. it was already uh, in a horrendously dangerous zone um, with just the miniature sun in the apartment building. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. doubt his claim later in the week that it might destroy half the city at this point. <laughs> I, in fact, well, no, no. He says half of, along with half of New York. Now, he could be talking about the city. I, I think he's talking about the entire state. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, but we'll we'll get there tomorrow. We'll get there well, tomorrow. I had a question about that, right? It, it, it's just kind of, there's no answer to this, really. Uh-huh. Why is it in comic book movies and comic books, 
Nice. They're always concerned about the city. Mm. Like their their worries mm. never extend beyond their city. <laughs> like uh, even Batman, it's like you know, he must protect Gotham. Like, yes. Why? Well, you can, why not I mean, a wider area? God, you can only deal with so much, right? Villains always threaten one the city. city at a time. Well, yeah, before yeah. you do get into like the Justice League stuff, where it's like intergalactic, but then it must be so yeah, awkward yeah. for yeah. like afterwards. Batman's like saved the universe and then he's like okay i'm gonna start patrolling the streets again of this one city (laughs) well that's what that's what i mean to take it all the way back around that's what spider-man homecoming's about right Uh yeah yeah that's true Uh i mean the the avengers deal with the big stuff and he's uh close to the ground friendly neighborhood type Uh, right and and it shows him like getting back to it and he's just like this is boring i'm bored (laughs) (laughs) it would be incredibly dull in comparison yeah, right, exactly. But uh, um, I have to say, speaking of Batman so, as well, though, we get full yeah. on. Yeah. Well, the, but the difference is that we actually get to see him leave. Like, Barely, <laughs> yeah. It's my, it's I do my love favorite this. part of it. <laughs> I do love the multi-part shot of, like, so Ock is making his yes thing in the background when we yes. sort of push in on Harry. And then we reveal, it's still one shot when we reveal him pulling a Batman and disappearing. Um, <laughs> I, I love that it's all done in one shot. And then, of course, we get, it's, again, kind of like a goof, but it doesn't break the world where we do see him leaving over the edge. I, I love that idea of... Oh, I, I found that hilarious. I'm yeah. glad you brought that I, up. I was laughing. <laughs> yeah. I love it so much. It's hysterical. <laughs> the, the funniest thing I found about it, though, is the fact that, like... He slinks out in complete silence. But as soon as you see him on the balcony, you can hear the clink, clink, clink of the tentacles. So it's like, how come he, was man- he managed to hide that sound in the meantime? In the split second it took him to get from that safe to all the way out to the end of the balcony. Plus, uh, plus, it's such carpeted? a contrast to his first scene where he meets Harry, where he stomps around so loudly that we have the Jurassic Park rattle in the glasses. Mm, like, yeah. That's true. Well, he's he's style. gotten better at it since then. That's uh, true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I will admit more, he learns how to use these tentacles. Remark. Well, not use because I suppose they're kind of controlling him as well. Blah blah blah. But mm-hmm. he he just accepts them very quickly, and he's like, oh, right, yeah. this is my thing now. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's no there's no wrestling with it really. Yeah. There's like a scene maybe mm-hmm. where he's a bit like right. Whoa. <laughs> My headcanon is that while he's sleeping at night, that's when the like subconscious of his mind is training with the tentacles. And oh, they're, like, rebuilding I like that. Stuff or, yeah. Oh, he should yeah. go and commit crimes in his sleep. Yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> and then he wakes up in his bed. He doesn't know what's going on. Oh. Next time we do yeah. Doc Ock, Marvel, please uh, put in some <laughs> uh, late night romps or whatever. <laughs> That'd be a great uh, title for the movie. It's <laughs> Dr. Octopus, late, <laughs> late night romps. <laughs> 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 oh, oh man boy. um okay so i have a question about the 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 dagger um okay sure yeah it, it that's not a dagger right it's a letter opener yeah that's that, well, that's one of my notes is like yeah, yeah this thing it's probably you couldn't cut butter <laughs> like it yeah it no, looks that's, impressive that's a, but that, yeah that's a fancy letter opener for sure in form i mean you can see on the table there's two other smaller knives there that are sort of vaguely Egyptian looking artifacts in the background. Oh the, yeah. The they form. sort of like merge into the candlestick into the candles. Yeah. yeah. And the one that's like out there uh, out and about, I assume he uses it for opening letters, but I wouldn't put it past uh, Norman to like get a legit knife there. It doesn't quite look like an antique. I mean, the overall form is sort of vaguely like a mangosh of uh, um, like 17th, 16th century, like a parrying dagger that you'd have a rapier with. But the, 
the scabbard's really ahistorical, and it just looks like it's cast elements. I actually know who built this one, uh, Tony Swatton of uh, Sword and Stone in Burbank. <laughs> when I brought this times. up, I forgot who my co-host was. Uh, yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh, yeah. He started talking. I was like, oh, right, sword guy. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. It's, it's, it's a tangential sword thing. But I, I feel like they meant it to be an antique piece. It just looks too new and a bit too... Uh, a bit too flashy. Yeah, I got the vibe. It was like a like a ritualistic, like a ritual knife, and it was oh, supposed yeah. to be, you know, an antique because he collects mm. artifacts, you know, masks and things like that. So that's I figured mm. it just kind of went with those. Oh I yeah, I I think that's probably the logic that the the prop people are going on mm. Um, mm. with mm. this thing for sure, and it's certainly the 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 shot of him actually pulling the dagger out. Uh, which, yeah. by the way, is just the most extra thing that Harry <laughs> has ever done. Uh, There's no need, but in a great way. No, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it is very, when he does that and he poses over Spider-Man, he does look very, it's sort of Shakespearean, you know? Yes, yeah. I found I a lot of this movie quite um, like a play. There's a few like soliloquies oh, yeah. and things. Yep. I, it, I was not expecting that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. ask, I though, like, as he picks up the, the dagger, though, like, I'm assuming mm-hmm. we're, we're to take it that that's a picture of, uh, like, Norman and Harry on the table. But that yeah. yes. really does not look like James Franco in that picture to me. <laughs> that just looks like some <laughs> other guy. That looks more like Michael Rosenbaum or someone. Like, it, it looks like Willem, the, like, this, they had a random stock photo of Willem Dafoe and just some fan. And they're like, oh, yeah. you only see it yeah. for a split second. And it's just like, oh, you'll just assume it's him and... That's, yeah. would poorly photoshop a young Franco face on there. <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably Maybe that's a right. high school photo. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, I've always really had a problem with the the picture of Norman and Peter you see earlier on in the movie. Oh, sure, because oh, it's yeah, just yeah. like they seem to keep alluding to this great relationship between Peter Parker and Norman Osborn, and I don't think that ever really came across in the movies to me. Like, no. uh, well, I don't think it was. I don't think it was necessarily like them having a great relationship. I think it was that. Harry knew that Norman liked Peter more because Peter was more like the son that Norman wished Harry was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's not It's not necessarily that they actually had any kind of real relationship. <laughs> it was just like Norman being like, ah, oh, man, that Peter Parker guy, what a, what a smart guy. What a smart kid. <laughs> man, the things that he's capable of that you're not, you piece uh, of crap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe I just felt like... That, like um... I don't really have pictures of me about in general. Like it's like I don't like pictures of me, so I just found it, Peter Parker having around his house a picture of him <laughs> with his best friend's dad, who he met yeah. a couple of times. It was just like yeah, a bit weird, it's a bit odd. Like why is he getting that too? Why is Aunt May got that about? Like, she's like, oh yes, yeah, so the remember that one time we had that really awkward Thanksgiving dinner with Norman Osborn and <laughs> happy happy memories. <laughs> Uh, speaking of happy memories, we got maybe our last little uh, product placement of Maker's Mark there on the yeah. uh, on the desk. They got one last good label shot in before. Yes, it, right. I, I don't think like maybe John would know more than me. I don't think I've never had Maker's Mark. So oh, I'm a bourbon very, man, but yeah, over here mm. it's very expensive. So. Mm. See, I, I, I was just funny to me. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so, but the, so does this kind of melted candle look it has going on at the lid yeah is that yeah. A, st- a standard thing or it is yeah yeah, yeah. that's, that's on for there. that brand it's it's bag. so common i've actually uh been to the maker's mark distillery which which 
Maker's Mark is so ubiquitous here in America. <laughs> Their distillery is essentially a theme park. I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's insane. Uh, but yeah. we've uh, I I went I visited there, and one of the things that you can do as part of like the the distillery tour is at the end in the gift shop, they're like, you can buy anything you want and dip it in wax. Like, hey. it's, <laughs> it's I mean, you, like you want you know you so want to buy silly. a shot glass, dip it in wax. You want to buy uh, you know uh, uh, a cantina, dip it in wax. You want to buy a, a a candle, dip that and wax too like whatever <laughs> not the kind of fondue i'm after but okay yeah yeah it's just there's there's an association i have with that bright red wax on the maker's mark bottle like oh no somebody's getting in a fight tonight like this makes me feel like i'm here oh sorry yeah no go ahead no i was just gonna say like i feel like um like a complete rube now though because i was just like oh that little melted candle but that's, that's a that's a classy touch i like that <laughs> <laughs> Find yeah. out, like, oh no that's not the reputation it has at all well i'm sure that, that's why they do it but it, that's always the thing with like domestic versus imported stuff like the thing i laugh at over here because i did i briefly study in england um during my college years oh. was that over in america like stella artois is kind of oh. like Oh, like fancy. Ooh, Stella Artois. And like over there, that's like Bud Light. You yeah. Know? It's like, oh. I'm so happy you brought that up because that's what I was going to say. Like, I was just yeah. I was just recording with uh, uh-huh. the guys over at Mogwai Minute. Yes. And uh, we got into the exact same conversation. And it blew George's <laughs> mind because he, he started talking about Stella as if it was like a fancy drink. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Oh. The association here is that's the that's the drink that people who like get really crazy and like beat up their wife drink. You know? yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, yeah. that's yeah. the scumbag drink. <laughs> yeah. It's no, got- and it's and it's like I think we were talking uh, when we had you guys on Cornetto Minute. We were talking about your uh, history with Milwaukee's Best or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, no, they thought Milwaukee's Best was like a really proper, great, awesome beer. Well, Nile oh, did. God, Don't put that's me in. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. Well, not that it was great, but that it was. And, and I had to. Down. I had to explain. Yeah. Like, no. Like, it's it's in America. Like, I had a friend whose father watered his lawn with Milwaukee's <laughs> Best. Like. <laughs> How can it be bad? It's the best. It's the best. Yeah, it's a Pabst Blue Ribbon, right? That's the Blue Ribbon beer. Uh, oh, okay. That oh, made but... me laugh. Actually, there's a pub down the road from me, and I was there um, a couple of weeks ago. And uh-huh. um, when I was at the bar, I heard there was there was an American guy in, and uh-huh. and he he ordered the Pabst Blue Ribbon, and I overheard him. He was saying like, oh, you know, in in the U.S., this is like the the. He said it's like the punk rock beer. You know, like everyone <laughs> yeah. has it. It's really cheap. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, how much is it? And it, it it's a stupid amount of money here. It's like you know, it's like five oh, pounds no. fifty, which is more than lots of fancy beers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a real, like, oh, normally uh, we'd pay that for the tall boy. <laughs> there, was a, there was a real like I remember there was a boost uh, when like the the first season of True Detective came out that uh, mm-hmm. there was a, a a pub in town that oh, actually wow. got in. Uh, they call it Lone Star. That stuff McConaughey. Yeah. Oh god! Oh, oh, and like no. this was a yeah. real cool. Like oh, I'm gonna get the stuff from True Detective. We, we kept buying it. Didn't we? <laughs> Yeah, and then you find out, I was like, oh, the whole point is that they give them that because it's like the cheapest, crappest thing. And they're just like, oh, yeah, take that. And like, but yeah, to us, it was like, oh, it's so fancy. It's been on TV. Oh. <laughs> so maybe Maker's Mark was smart in paying for this, like what we think is goofy product placement with yeah. the rich guy in this movie. And that maybe, you know, they were thinking for the international market here. Yeah. Like, oh, let's get some. Yeah, no, that's I would possible. drink what Harry Osborne's drinking. All right. It's yeah. Possible. Yeah. Like I mean, the, the, the real honest truth is unless it's a ubiquitous brand, they're not going to be able to afford product placement in a movie like this. 
Um, right. True. So yeah, that that yeah, it, it makes sense. Like a really fancy brand isn't going to be able to afford that because they don't they don't sell them as many units as uh, Maker's Mark does. Maker's Mark. Plus, you yeah, probably yeah. don't want to appeal to people who aren't then going to be going and buying it. Like, so if it's too expensive, yeah, right? it's true. The, you know, people watching this movie are probably going to go to this the store and be like, oh. No, Very I'm not true. paying that. <laughs> well, I think I think that was the problem with the uh, in that second Kingsman movie. They they actually made the bourbon at the that the American distillery in the movie makes. Oh. Um, they actually oh. made that, but it was it was sixty five dollars a bottle. Oh. And, and it and better I just be really like, good, right? And and then the reviews were not. Were, they were like, "This is not worth sixty five dollars." Like all the reviews <laughs> said that. Um, so I never, I never tried it, and like I wanted it just to have the bottle that's in the movie, you know. And yeah, that I thought that fun. would be cool, but like, I'm not paying sixty five dollars for that. Like I can still a year later, I can still go to the liquor store and see the same like five bottles of. Kingsman, <laughs> you know, statesman bourbon uh, on, on the shelf because it never sells because it's too oh, expensive. Yeah. So we got uh, the big dagger shot and then the uh, the trailer line in this minute too. the uh, let's see who's behind the mask bit. <laughs> right. And what I love, what I love about the reveal when he does go to take the mask off is how blatant the fakery is mm. in that we have... <laughs> The full proper mask with the undershell and everything in the one shot where it's all connected at the neck and whatnot. And Harry just kind of tugs at the forehead of it. And then we, if you pause around 55 seconds, you can see the transition happen. We go into a much closer shot of a spandex mask on Toby's face. And it's just garbled mess. Like it does not look right in any way, shape or form. And then he just pops it right off. Oh, uh, yeah. I, it's just a jump cut. Like we go... From the pretty mask to a much closer shot of Peter's face. And yep. I think the only reason it works is that it does cut in closer so it kind of surprises you. Like you feel, we're not going to be surprised at seeing Toby's face because we know it's Toby. But we the size of the shot is a surprise. So we get the feeling of surprise as Harry's getting a surprise, yeah. I think. Mm. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it definitely plays, I think. Mm-hmm. It's just such a goofy trick. I love it. Yeah, no, it <laughs> I like his great. acting as well. To be honest, here, he, um, sure, he conveys that he's he's really upset, but without just the, the typical "oh, I'm going to like well up and cry a little bit." No, it, <laughs> yeah. he's yeah. a bit more complex than that. I think he does well portraying the mixed feelings. Well, you were saying yeah. uh, earlier, John, though, that it's like almost sort of uh, Shakespearean and like talking about so, so, like soliloquies and stuff. I yeah. really would like yeah. to see like a, a cut of this where like Harry's like going like. Now to see who's behind the mask, but should I? And just kind of wandering over to the window and clutching the dagger. If I were to take off his mask and know the true secret, would my pain really be eased? I would. Done, I want someone done. to do a, an actual Spider-Man play in sort of Shakespearean language. That'd be fantastic. Yes. Oh, oh that hey, would. I'd go yeah. That. Sha- in Shakespearean, that would be great. I was going to say yes. we've had a Spider-Man stage play, and it was um, uh, <laughs> it was interesting. American musical <laughs> yeah. is what it was. Yeah. Uh, Plus, was, have, uh, sure was something. I also watched that uh, that Allen Ginsberg Howell movie that James Franco was in, where he like pretty much recites the entire poem. And he was, it wasn't like, I'm not against Franco as an actor, but like, it wasn't the best. <laughs> like, it's fair. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I mean, but 
it's bad in a movie like that, but the same kind of performance in a movie like this could be really fun. So <laughs> Yes, yeah, I would get a kick out of it. Yeah. Again, crank up the alternate universe uh, viewing machine. I would mm-hmm. 100% watch a Shakespearean mm-hmm. version of Spider-Man yes, 2 yes. or any of the Spider-Mans. Well, there's a, there's a Shakespearean version of Star Wars in book form and audio book. So, you know, oh, we could extend mm-hmm. this uh, idea out into the world of Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. I just kind of I'm I'm, I'm trying to think of like a J Jonah Jameson Shakespearean sonnet that he'd be coming out with. Let's get us get blow winds and crack your cheeks, Ray. Let's get oh, us now yeah, like parchment a- featuring the image of Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Sulfurous so in thought, executing fires that menace. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it works. Amazing. Um, I love that he drops. He drops the dagger first uh, and then looks down at the mask and then drops that too. Like yes. Just, I, yeah. I love that the, the dropping the dagger is, is not – he's not thinking about that when he does it. But he actually like looks at the mask and is like – I makes the decision to drop that too. <laughs> right. Like he doesn't want to touch it anymore. Yeah. It's a fun – just five degrees one way or another this would be goofy but i think it really plays mm-hmm. that, definitely like, mm. oh no oh no <laughs> I, have, puts it I have to say too because again at this point uh, i was only familiar with like the 90s show i wasn't like a well-versed in spider-man comics and like i know yeah. that there is a kind of variation on the whole idea of like harry osborne finding out who you know the peter parker is spider-man that he killed his father quote unquote and stuff like that when I saw this in the mm-hmm. cinema, I was genuinely stunned that they went there. Like I, when he, I was just kind of like going, mm. "Yeah, he's obviously going to wake up and bust out and get away, and then the, the, the things will go. The status quo will be maintained." So when they actually, but he gets the mask yeah, off. Yeah, I was yeah. really like, "Oh my god, they've actually he's actually done it. He successfully found out who Spider Man is." Much like I was shocked at you know the end of the first movie where they had the whole, "Oh, he doesn't get the girl." Like he turns down. You know, yeah, Peter turns down yeah. a happy life with MJ to you know to shoulder this burden, and I, at the time I was like, "Oh my god, it's so that's it's so unusual to see that." Because even in like the Batman movies that we're doing, like at least at you know the end of Batman '89, like Vicky Vale and Bruce Wayne are together, like not in the next movie, but at the end of that they are. <laughs> yeah, then she's she just gone. evaporates by the next. <laughs> and then one. And so <laughs> equivalent kind of shock in this one have been like, "Oh my god, he's actually they've actually like completely shattered everything now." Where it's like, "Oh, the, their their friendship." Is irreparably damaged, and like this is yes. this is yeah. clearly going to have rep- repercussions throughout whatever sequels come after this. And I think that's one of the things that really, uh, you know, it, it's what made this movie as successful as it was, especially with um, especially with uh, comic book fans, because mm-hmm. I think watching this. And like having moments like this where it's like, oh, you you went there, you know, like this is mm-hmm. this is a legitimately shocking revelation that they're not going to take back yeah. you know yeah. um yeah i mean they, they sort of half-assedly take it back to like <laughs> half the movie in the next one yeah that's the thing but- <laughs> it's just like oh my god uh, and like i'm a person who hates amnesia storylines so when that yeah, pops sure. up i was like oh no Oh no! no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, in in any event, like this is, uh, I think that's what's so, I think that's what people really reacted to this is like, oh, they're not just telling another Spider-Man adventure. Like the things that are happening in this movie are meaningful for the series as a whole, and yes. it was sort of the first time that had ever really happened. Uh, yeah, because right. even 
even the X-Men movies before this, X-Men to X-Men 2, and really the end of X-Men 2, like nothing happens in either of those movies that carries over in any sort of interpersonal way, really. Yeah, um, with the status quo. Right. Yeah, I mean, like kinda... Jean Grey dies in the second one, but like that's... Death ha- was always a, a a thing in the in these kinds of movies, but like this sort of like interpersonal problem where they're like, yeah, no, we're we're gonna end this on like a on a different note than we started it. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's really friendship. that's really different and uh, yeah. not something that was like outside of Star Wars. Like that's not something that was happening. It's a good movie, you guys. I- <laughs> it is a good movie. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that's, uh, I think that's it. Uh, guys, this, um, this airs in, uh, the, toward the end of August. Uh, what's going on in, uh, Batman at World? Uh, towards the end of August, I think at the minute we're planning to launch in terms of airing the returns episodes in September. So this will be just before mm. that. But, um, perfect. in the meantime, though, you can get, uh, all of the first season which is uh, just you know all the 1989 Bat- Batman movie, and uh, at this point we'll have aired our hiatus episodes as well, which was a review of mm. the Batman Ninja movie, which is just oh whoa crazy <laughs> it's insane it's an absolutely oh, it's, insane it's and, over the top and uh, mm-hmm. yeah and then we've also I don't know if we'll release all of them by now, but we'll have uh, reviews of all of the. Uh, plot-driven films that Prince starred in. So, you know, so Purple Rain, Under the Cherry Moon, and Graffiti Bridge, which is, uh, there, there's a there's a shocking decline in quality in the, as those films go along. But, uh, wow. Yes, and we use the word review lightly. It's it's more of a kind of like trying to come to terms with what we've just sounded. Yes. Shambolic rant <laughs> may, may uh, sum up some of them, so... Uh, but yeah, those those should all be available by August, uh, and then yeah, in September we should be starting up. Uh, you could, you know, we'll have been recording by then, so uh, we'll mm. be airing returns then. So yeah, mm. we'll all be on the Hopefully. cusp. Awesome. Fantastic! Uh, all right, well, we will be back uh, tomorrow with more of Nile and John and uh, Minute One Hundred Five. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.